Go ahead and have a seat. Today we're going to do things a little different. As you know, I'm up here a little bit earlier today, and you'll find out why in a little bit. But um, we're going to continue Acts. We're looking at Acts. We're, we're working our way through the first part of Acts in this season. And just today we're going to talk about, a, about names, about a name. And growing up, I never really had a nickname. That wasn't something that, I don't know, I just, I just didn't have a nickname. But a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago, I actually earned one. And I may have told you about this before when I got back. But Kim and I, we went to Mexico with Jackson, who is my youngest, and eight of his, eight of his friends. Kind of a senior trip. They had also just won the state basketball title. So it's kind of a celebration trip for him. And, uh, well, they're teenage boys, so obviously they're going to be knuckleheads at times. And they're in Mexico. They're under our control. The parents entrusted us with them. So there were times when that knuckleheadedness needed to be corrected, and the dark side of me came out, and I had to put the fear of God in them. <laughs> so after the second time of doing this, they started calling me Stingray. So you might go, well, why, why Stingray? Like, that's an odd name. And I'd say with that, like, that's an odd name. So think about a Stingray. Stingray sits at the bottom of the ocean, kind of sits in the shallows, buries itself with sand, but it sees what's going around, pays attention to what its environment. And if you step on it, or you do something to it, what happens? It stings you. It's got a big barb that, that, that causes, it's venomous too. Like it causes some pain. So the boys learn very, very quickly. You don't mess with Stingray. You don't mess with Stingray. That barb's going to come out. So thus, I got the name Stingray. Now, <clears throat> I, I don't have this picture, but there's a really funny picture that the boys took that's circulating around amongst them, and I should have asked them for it. But I'm in the background. It's, it's, it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm ready for bed. And there's one of, one of the boys inside our room where we're staying, and he's got this lighter, and he's got this cigar, and he's bent down with this funny face on his face, about to light, and here's me in the background lurking. Let's just say, um, you, you can't smoke inside the room where we're at. Like, come on, guys. Like, we're going to get kicked out, or we're going to, like, no. Stingray came out that night. And uh, there was a picture then. Stingray J was, was lurking in the background waiting to sting. In fact, this is, at the end of the trip, this is what they got me. They got me a little, little, little Stingray so that I could... I, I could remember that trip. It actually is one of, one of my most favorite things I have, is, is that. In fact, my, my friend, so when I see them actually too, like they'll just yell, hey, Stingray Jay. And my oldest son was with us too that weekend. And so we went, one of the weddings that I've been to in the last three or four weeks was in Oregon. And it was the, some of those, some of his friends that were actually in Oregon with us too. And that's when we first saw them, they just yell, hey, Stingray! So I guess it stuck. Some of my friends even call me. In fact, one of my friends in his phone, it, when I call him, it says Stingray J when it comes up <laughs> on the caller ID. So that's an example of a name. This name of Stingray J gave me some power. That, that this Stingray J, that it had some power to come out and say, okay, guys, you need to comply with the rules. You need to behave. You need to stop doing this. But today we're going to look at a different name that has a lot more power than Stingray J is ever, 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 ever going to have. And that name is Jesus. 
So to look at this, let's look at Acts 3. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10 and then verse 16. So if you want to grab your Bible and turn it there and just follow along with me. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit banging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Then verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name, and in the faith that comes through him that he is completely healed, as you can all see. So what we start to see in this passage is that, that here is Peter and John. They're going up to the temple. Nothing unusual. The Jewish people of that day, they went up to the temple three times a day to pray. Morning and the afternoon and then at sunset. In fact, this beggar, he knows this. So he has his friends bring him to this gate, this gate called Beautiful, every day to, to beg to, because he knows there's going to be people coming. So you could say this is his routine. This, this lame man has this routine of coming to this, this gate to beg, to ask for money, as does this routine that pr probably Peter and John are doing of, of going to the temple to pray. This is their routine. Now, we have similar routines to this in Billings right now. I guarantee you that if, you, if we got out of here right now, we went on a little, little tour bus, and we drove to 6th and Central right there by the Albertsons, there's going to be somebody with a sign, because they know there's lots of people driving, asking for money. Up in the Heights, there's another place up there. and Around town, there's lots of places that this is their routine. This is, this is where they're at. The routine for us, too, is people that, that there, a lot of routine for us is, that maybe we'll just throw something out the window, or maybe we'll just drive by and just not even, because we don't want to look at anybody. We just drive right on by and ignore them, it, and me included. Like, these are things that I do, too. But what's different about this story in Acts, there's, there's something different that happens today. Now, the man sees Peter and John coming. He asks for money. There's nothing different about that. That's, that's routine. And I'm sure he did this with everybody. And I'm sure that a lot of people, most of the people probably came by and maybe they stopped and they gave him something or they just kind of threw some money out there at him. They probably never really talked to him. They probably don't even know his name. And a lot of them probably just walked right on by. In either case, like I said, they didn't have a conversation with the man. They, if they asked, to, can you describe what he looks like, maybe have a general idea, but never really looked right at him and, and had a conversation. And today what was different is that Peter stopped. Peter stopped. He looked straight at him. And he says, look at us. And I think when he did that, there was focus and intensity. 
Peter didn't just routinely walk by this man and, and give him a few coins. He stopped and he focused on that man. He stopped and he was intensely spoke to that man. Look at us. Peter was focused on Jesus. Peter was living this life, I think, now that was intensely focused, living a life for Jesus. And Peter also saw this opportunity to demonstrate just who this Jesus is, to demonstrate the power that we find in the name of Jesus. Now, we can make this argument that Peter and John, they're going to the temple. They're going to, to the temple to, to pray, which you can say, well, that's, that's part of doing God's work. That's, that's what we're called to do. Kind of like last week, remember when we looked at what the early church looked, looked at, that they would go to the temple courts. They would go to the temple courts daily. They would gather and they would pray. They would listen to the apostles' teachers, teaching. So they were, they're doing God's work. We could, they're doing what God was calling them to do or wanting them to do. But I think what Peter did today in this example is he was given an opportunity that was right in front of his eyes that this lame man from birth, he was asking for money. But Peter stopped and he gave him something more, something he didn't expect at all. Now, this is a story I'm going to share with you that um, it still makes me sick to my stomach. It still makes it because I missed an opportunity. About a year and a half, it was probably two years ago, maybe three years ago, Stan may have even still been here, that I, was, I came back in the afternoon to, to work and at the church here, and as I came back, I was the only one here, there was this young girl sitting on the bench. She's about 14, 16 years old. She was a pretty girl. She was attractive. I mean, she was friendly. And, you know, I just have a little conversation with her. I just say, say hello, how are you? How, you know, just a little chit-chat thing. Don't think anything of it. And I just go inside. And as soon as I went inside and locked that door, I had this overwhelming feeling in my spirit, in my soul, and everything about me saying, you need to go back outside. You need to go outside. Don't know why, but just like, you need to be outside. I ignored it, because I was doing God's work. I had to go back and work on a sermon. I had to do this, this thing. So I go in my office, start working, keep trying to ignore it, and well, finally, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. So I get up to go outside. Well, at this point, it's too late. Because as I'm getting to the door and I'm about to open the door, I look up. Here's this car across the street. It's got a man in it. It's not her dad. She goes over, gets in that car. She leaves, comes back about 20 minutes later. The guy doesn't even stop and pull over. just kind of drops her off in the street. And at this point now, I'm up and I'm trying to get to the door and she's already gone and off the street. Now, I don't know what happened. But my spirit is still sick to that day, so I'm assuming the worst. I, I, I was taught a lesson that day that I can be focused, I can be intense on what God has put in front of me, what I think I need to do for God's work. But just like Peter, when I have this, what I'm going to say, divine appointment, when I have something that's right in front of my eyes that I need to stop and stop preoccupied with my other work that I think is God's work and be focused on and intense on what God has put right in front of me for that moment. So be focused and be, have that intensity 
but don't miss out on those divine appointments. Don't miss out on those things that God places in your lives. That when we have those divine appointments, we need to be focused. We need to have the same sort of intensity. Now in this section, there, we see this expectation. We see this expectation of this lame man that, that we see this is what's going to happen in our lives. But these expectations aren't necessarily what Jesus wants to do in our lives. What Jesus wants to do in our lives is actually better. So we have the expectations versus something better. As I said, this man expected money. Jesus gave him something better. Look at Isaiah 30, verse 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, we will raise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. So if you remember way back, here's that word, here's that word wait again, of waiting. This lame man has waited his entire lifetime. Entire lifetime for something. But he, all he was waiting for was money. He expected money, but he got something so much better. This man was healed. This man has never experienced what it was like to walk. But yet we see him healed. He's healed in the name of Jesus. And the text tells us that Peter reached out his hand and the man jumped to his feet. And he walked and he jumped and he praised God. Something... He's never experienced this in his life. And how often do I think we ask in our lives? Maybe we ask Jesus for something. We ask something, and it's, it's just, it's, it's really a small thing. We may not think it's that small at the time, but really it's, it's kind of small. And Jesus wants to give us something so much better, so much bigger. This man was given a new life. And that's what Jesus gives us, this new life. He doesn't just help us with that one problem. Jesus is there for all the problems, for all of it, to give us a new life. So when we pray, we ask for help, don't be shocked when your answer is, I've got something better for you. And we ask God and, and, and ask Jesus and receive really what we really need. Not what we think we want. I I read a story this week about if you guys do you guys know who Joyce Meyer is? I read this story about Joyce Meyer and and she talks about when she was young and her her boyfriend, who is now her husband, but her boyfriend um, he he calls her up because this is before cell phones, so there's no text. So he probably had to call her up on a like a, a you know punch the rotary phone type thing. Yeah. I know you younger people don't know what I'm talking about, but so he calls her up and says, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. So she's dreading this. She's thinking the worst. But what he wanted to talk about was he asked her to marry him. So here is Joyce expecting, this is an extreme example, but expecting the worst, expecting the awful thing that could happen, and those expectations being wrong. And the results was so much better than what she expected. Now, we might expect something entirely different. Something that's not even true. Or something that's just small, just a small little request. And God, on the other hand, has something much better, much bigger, much larger. Now, Jesus isn't Santa Claus. 
Sometimes what is better for us is something that we have to endure, something that we have to do. And it's something that if you asked us, like, we really don't want that. But in the end, we need to have faith that God knows what he's doing and that he knows what's best for me. And that it may not seem like it, but it is better. Now, is there a difference between this, these two words, belief and faith? So belief versus faith. In the Bible, and a lot of times these words are interchangeable. And this is one instance where the English language, there is a difference in these words. Now, I can believe something as a fact. I can believe it. I, I can believe that everyone, like, we accept these as facts because we believe them. Like, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. All of you are going to believe that, right? Like, the sun will come up tomorrow. We believe the earth is round. Now, I know there's some people that are still going back to the flat earth, but the earth is round. We believe that. I believe that today is Sunday because we consider that a fact. Faith, on the other hand, in the English language, it has a deeper meaning. When we have faith, we're 100% committed to what we put our faith in. I can believe that Jesus will answer my prayers, and those answers are what best, or what's best for me, until it doesn't seem it's not what I want, or it doesn't seem like that's what's best for me. Then maybe I change my belief. Maybe I change my belief in Jesus. Maybe I walk away from my belief to start believing something else. Or I can have faith that Jesus will answer my prayers and that those answers are what's best for me, even when they don't seem like they are. But I keep my faith. And I am 100% committed to Jesus, and I'm 100% I trust him. Think of it like this, as there's an airplane. So we're at the airport, and there's one person gets on the airplane, like he's an engineer, like he made the airplane, he knows the pilot, he has no concern that this plane is going to take off, it's going to land, it's going to arrive at its destination with no problem. Now there's another person that, he's probably kind of like us, we've flown enough times where we don't really think about it, we're not really concerned about it, and we have faith that yes, this plane will land, and it'll be on time, and everything will be fine. And then there's a person that's panicked. They actually might need some medication to get on the plane. They have cold sweats. They're paranoid. But they still get on the plane. They still get on the plane because they have faith it's going to land, land where it's supposed to land, even if they're scared. So who had more faith? They all had, they all had faith because they were all 100% committed to that plane. 100% had faith that this plane would land safely. Now, there were some that stayed in the airport. And they may have believed the plane would land. They may have believed all of the, everything would go fine, but they never committed themselves to the plane because they stayed in the airport. They didn't have faith. They just believed. To have faith, we need to be wholehearted, committed to that. Now, there's something else about, this, about these words, believe. One more thing I want to talk about of this before we move on. Look, look at Mark 1, 24. It says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then James 2, 19. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So we're in, the demons believe in Jesus. The demons know who Jesus is. 
But do they put their faith in Jesus? Are they 100% wholeheartedly committed to Jesus? No, they're not. Now, Peter and John had wholehearted faith in Jesus. And they found, and also this lame man found, and I think many of us have found, there's power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. In verse 6 of, of this chapter in Acts, we look at this and it says, Peter says to the lame man, in the name of Jesus the Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he reached out his hand and the man jumped up and walked. And then verse 16, at the end of this section, Peter says to the crowd, he says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and now was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Peter's saying, don't look at me for healing this guy. Don't, I don't want any credit for what happened to this man. What happened to this man, that is Jesus. That is the power that is in the name of Jesus. This man was healed by no other than the power that's in the name of Jesus. Listen to these verses, John 14, 13 through 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And then John 16, 24. Till now you have not asked for anything in my name, ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Then Philippians 2, 9. Therefore God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Since Jesus is given the name above every name, there is power in this name of Jesus. I started with this nickname that was given to me and how it gave me some power. Think of some other names of people that might have power. Teachers. Teachers might have some power. Coaches, when I was coaching, I had some power. Principals, policemen maybe, firemen, doctors, CEOs of companies, they have power. What about judges? Judges have some power. Some with power, but that power is limited compared to the power that's in the name of Jesus. Now, you, you may have noticed that a lot of times when I pray, remember when we usually are, I, I ask people to stand and pray and I'll, I'll pray for you. If you guys picked up that I pray in the name of Jesus, this is why I do that, because there's power in the name of Jesus. This story I, is very fresh because it happened Friday night. happened Friday. And I, I'm still just in, in awe of what happens when we pray in the name of Jesus and we have faith. So remember when I went to Wyoming a few weeks ago and I preached down there for a friend of mine who they're, they're, they're handing off the church to another pastor? Well, that friend of mine that is, is actually moving up here had a heart attack on Friday. He was, the story I got is he was without oxygen for over, over an hour. Transported him up here. They must have revived him, got a pulse, got a beat, heartbeat, something. They, they, they got him back here, hearing things of blood clots, hearing things of this. Get this call Friday night. Wasn't very, wasn't very good night. 
So i scrambling, trying to get as much information as I can. I get the wife's phone number. I, I call the wife and talk to the wife. Or I, I finally, the only way we can get a hold of each other is by texting. So she texts me this Friday night. We'll know more tomorrow, but doctor's saying he's most likely brain dead. Please agree with everyone else praying for a miracle. I called a few people. We've, I got some people praying. They had people praying. There was people praying all over. Saturday morning, I'm driving to the church to work on for today. I get a phone call from Greg, who's going to be the new pastor down there. And I'm thinking, I just stomach just sinks. And this is, this is what he says. He goes, Jim's awake and answering simple yes and no questions from the doctors and nurses. They can't believe their eyes and ears of what's happening. Sunday afternoon, I get another text. It says, Jim is awake, responding to the doctors. According to the medical staff, a real miracle. Saturday night text. This is from his wife. It says, Jim is awake and alert. He's still critical, like he's still not out of the woods. Doctor says, it's uncommon. That's code word for, because, that's code word for a miracle. It's uncommon for someone in Jim's condition to come back to health. Everyone's in shock. And the hope is today to work on fixing his heart today. So he goes from brain dead on Friday to hopefully fixing his heart and starting to repair that today. He's got a long road ahead. But you just try to tell me that's not a miracle. You try to tell me that there's not power in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 20, 57 tells us, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It starts through faith. Peter said in that verse 16, it says, By faith in Jesus, not just believing in Jesus, because the demons, remember, they believe in Jesus. It's putting your faith wholeheartedly in Jesus that you are wholeheartedly committed to Jesus. 1 John 5, 4. Every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve victory through our faith. We have victory. It's our faith in Jesus. Our faith that the name of Jesus is above every name, that his name has power. Every knee is going to bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus is Lord. It's not our power, it's Jesus' power. If some of you were here a few months ago in, in the spring, you remember we did a, a, a service similar to this where I was up here early and then we just stood off to the side and if people needed healing, people needed prayer, that we just prayed up here. We prayed in the name of Jesus for people to be healed, for prayers to be answered. We're going to do that again. Now, there were things that happened that last time we did that. Jesus, the Spirit, people were healed. There was, there was, there was things that happened. There were signs and wonders. So Aiden and I are going to be up here. I think Dean and Arnie, you're welcome to join us. Savannah, if you want to come up too. And just, just, we'll pray for you. So just like last time, Alex is going to sing, lead us in worship. So you guys can just be part of that and, and just let us, let us pray for you. Expect to see signs and wonders.
Now, also, listen to the words of the songs that Alex is going to sing. Because they actually do a better job than me up here of explaining what this power in the name of Jesus. And as you come up, worship, just to either side, you can come up to both of us, each of us, it, it doesn't matter. Have us pray over you in the name of Jesus. Not just believing, but having faith that 100% wholehearted faith in Jesus. Not with your expectations, but with faith in Jesus. That, that he's going to answer your prayers with something better than you even imagine. Like he did to this lame man from birth. So let me just pray us out. And then let's just be filled, like I said, with wonder and amazement in the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray for during this time for your spirit to move. I pray that during this next few minutes, Lord, that we will just be, we will see more miracles happen. Lord, I am just so thankful for my, my friend that, that doctors said he was dead and now he's alive. Lord, so I just thank you for that miracle, Lord. And I just pray that this morning, Lord, that we see more of that. Let your spirit move, Lord. And I just pray for everybody in this room, for your spirit to come upon them and just for healing to happen, for prayers to be answered, Lord. We know that there is power in the name. There is power in this name of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.